thank God for bringing us into the sixth month of the year, the second day of the sixth month. And it is, it is a blessing. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's a blessing and uh, we appreciate God. We believe that that which we cannot do for ourselves, God will do it for us. Amen. When man was molded and was lying down and he was lifeless, God breathed into him and he became a living soul. So we know that whatever we need to make us alive in any department of our lives, God is going to infuse it unto us. And our lives will never be the same again. Hallelujah. And I know today also, you are going to learn something that your life will never be the same. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, we want to thank you and bless you. The entrance of your word brings light and illumination. Minister your word through the lips of your servant. May your people never remain the same. In Jesus' precious name. Everybody say big amen. Hallelujah. Okay, Kelly, take your seat. I want to be sharing on uh, how to protect yourself from staying hurt in church. Um, it's from my, my book on escaping the offense trap. Speaking from chapter number seven. Amen. Good. Now, in life, whether you like it or not, something's going to happen that you'll be hurt. Uh, somebody's going to do something that will make you feel offended. You will be hurt by things. It's been found out that, or statistics show that, a great percentage of people who stop relating or going to church, they do so because of some type of offense or injury that has been done to, the, to their feelings. And I want to say that you may not be able to stop offensive things from happening to you, but by applying God's principles, you can stop them from hurting you. You can't stop the bird from flying over your head, but you can stop them from making a nest on your head. Amen. Amen. Yeah. We see the birds all the time, but we don't allow them to settle on our heads. Even if they, 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 they come close, eh, you don't let them stay there. You hit them away. Is that not it? Yeah. So in the same way too, um, Offenses may come not because you're a bad person and not because whoever also probably caused an offense is a bad person, but it comes because of a number of reasons. And basically, the other time I taught you that it could be due to misunderstandings. Is that right? Good. Misunderstanding can create a lot of hell. But one thing that will stop you or help you not to stay offended is to keep your heart and your mind on God. In Isaiah 26 verse 3, it says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. Now, how, how do you get offended? It starts with the head. And the head is due to an unmet expectation. 
So when you're expecting something from somebody, something to be done for you, or something that should not have been done, you know, so when your expectation is not met, it leads to hurt. And I told you that when you are hurt and you don't deal with the hurt, you know, it will lead to anger. And when you are angry and you don't resolve the anger, whatever that angered you, you, re- you withdraw. So if there is something that hurts you, you hit your leg against something, you try to remove it from the way. So when you get angry, the next thing is that you now withdraw from what created the anger. So if somebody angered you, you withdraw from the person. In the withdrawal, three things happen. There is emotional distancing because whoever did that thing from you, you can be sitting close to the person, living in the same room with the person, but you can see that there is some distancing emotionally. Number two, it can also lead to physical distancing because once you see that the person is coming, you move the other way around. And number three, there is a withholding of love and affection and favors towards the person. So if you used to be kind to the person, whatever you would have done positively for the person, because you are hurt, you withdraw that. Now, when the withdrawal during that stage is not dealt with, then it metamorphoses into bitterness, which in Hebrews chapter 15, verse 13, 12 and 30, says that be careful lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and many be defiled. So you realize that once you are hurt, you must know that you are on your way to destruction. Amen? You are on your way to destruction. Once you don't deal with it, can we please, Hebrews chapter 15, verse number 13, if you are there, you know, so they can read it. So, bitterness, once you are bitter, remember that bitterness we said, springing up and Every water springing up, it comes deep somewhere. And it starts from where the head is. Something somebody did. Sometimes it can even be from an infancy. Are you getting me? Yeah. I told you some time ago that when I was young, I remember this nurse. I, I mean, I was at a hospital and going through a lot of excruciating pain. And this nurse who were to attend to me and bring me a bad pan, insulted me and said, she nimby. You know, uh huh. And from that day, yeah, Luke 12 15, thank you. Luke 12 15. From that day, I, I didn't want, I didn't like nurses. Anytime I saw somebody with a green dress and a white something, it's like, who is this person? It reminded me of that, of, of the insults in my moment of pain when I needed somebody to soothe me. I was hurt. Little as I was, you know, because children also get hurt, you know, and and uh, and I got to the state of withdrawal, but thank God the Lord healed me from bitterness. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So I have a lot of nurses who are my friends and relate with them and everything relations who are also, you know, and 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 when when the bitterness is not dealt with now bitterness we said let's read the scripture. We're, we're, we're working on something. Are you following the teaching? Good. 
He said, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. So anytime somebody is, is, is bitter, you can feel it in the person's language and the demeanor of the person. And when a person is bitter, it troubles he himself. A bitter person is not a sweet person. Yeah. Sometimes you go through bad experiences in relationships. And because of that, sometimes some people say, all women are bad. All men are bad. All men, their father is Adam. Then you can see that this is somebody who has had a bad kind of experience. In fact, anytime you have a bad experience and you don't get healed, eh, now you can transfer that situation to others. So others who could have been nice to you or could have been help, helpful to you, you transpose the whole kind of thing towards them. So the Bible says that bitterness will trouble you, I mean, will, will trouble you and many be defiled. Now, when people are bitter, they tend to defile others. They say bad things about this. Thing. And so before I realized, they have affected so many people. And that was the case of Absalom. Absalom became bitter with his father because of the fact that uh, his half-brother Amnon had raped his sister Tamar. And the father, David probably was weak at that time. He, I mean, he didn't deal with the situation decisively, probably based on his own whatever challenges that he was going through. And Absalom got hurt by that and took the law into his own hand. And at the end of the day, decided, you see, he decided to kill his brother. So bitterness tr brought trouble onto him. And because of that, he was driven outside. You know, he, 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 he eventually had to go on a kind of a, a little exile for about two years. Didn't have any relationship with his father. When he came back, he tried to call Joab that let me see the king. And when Joab was not minding him, he went and bent Joab's arms. Yes. So you see, Absalom's and bitter people, whatever is there that has been built, they want to destroy it. Yes, bitter. When you see, when you see somebody who will destroy, you know, when a person is bitter with you, he has had a good time with you, but he wants to destroy you. Yeah, he wants to destroy you. And then, when Absalom later came, uh, his father called him, and uh, he, later on, you find Absalom now chasing his father out of the palace. Can you imagine? So Absalom's divide the kingdom. He, and what did he do? He tried to win the hearts of people. Is that right? So what was he doing? He was defiling people and telling them that, look, if I were to be the king, I would have done this. The king doesn't seem to have time for you. The king doesn't have this. And that, that's an, so anybody who steals the hearts of men towards himself is an Absalom. It's a, it's a, it's a spirit. It's a, it's a Luciferic spirit. So Absalom is actually the earthly Luciferic spirit. It's the same spirit that Lucifer had in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. And Absaloms always want to have, they want to have the chair of their father. They want to have the position of their father or their mother. They want to take the place of their father. And they want to be like their father. Is that right? Look at Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah. I'm just trying to warm up for us. How are you falling from... Isaiah 14, 12. How are you falling from heaven, 
Oh, Lucifer, son of the morning, how are you cut down to the ground? Quick this week in the nations. Uh -huh. For thou hast said in your heart. Now remember that Absalom and Lucifer, they're all very talented. They're all very nice. They're all very beautiful. Are you getting me? Yeah, they, 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 are, they are gifted people. They are very eloquent. They are nice. Yeah, they're affable. That's why you could go to people and say, if I were to be the king, I would have done this and that for you. I would have done that. So he was winning the hearts of people. And that thing was initiated right from heaven by Lucifer. Are you getting what I'm saying? This is a very serious thing. Listen, you can have a business before I realize one person has collapsed the whole business with a Luciferian spirit. Yeah. One person you introduce to come into the business will spoil the heart of the other sales girls, the other people who are there, say bad things. Hey, watch this, madam. Monkey the work, baboon the chop. This or that. We've been there. Oh. Read it. Let's read it. He has said in your For thou has said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars. So he was a star of God. There were angels together. But he, 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 he didn't want to be. So you see, an Absalom always wants to be above his equals. He, when he wants to be special. And he says that, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sight. I will, I will sit also. So where God sits, I will sit also on the mount of the congregation in the sight of the north. And then verse 14, he says that, I will ascend above the height of the clouds, clouds and I will be like the most high. I will be like the most high. What did Absalom do? He tried to get to the throne. Eh? He got 200 people who, I mean people, 50 people, sorry, who, 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 who are not thinking straight, who are innocent. They followed him to try to go and then take over the throne. Yes, to take over the throne because the guy was bitter to take over the throne. You see, there's something that, he was a nice guy. But he allowed something to enter into his heart. And he got angry with his own father. Tried to take over the throne. And push his father outside the palace. To the extent that the father now started acting like a madman. Yeah. And spitting upon himself. So that he would not be noticed. And he ran away. He said, let us go. This guy is a dangerous guy. The king running away from the palace where he ought to be. And that's what Lucifer said, I will be like the most high. Absalom wanted his father's throne. What his father like? And guess what? His father's concubines, he slept with them. What gives his father pleasure? That's what he wanted. <laughs> but that's not my topic for today. I'm only trying to use that to illustrate to you the extent of bitterness. How he managed to defile these people, I mean, and then they got him. You know, Lucifer managed to get one third of God's church members. Yes. By deception. So, Absaloms can deceive by telling stories. And then, before I realize, you are bought into their story and you are following them. So, that is what happened. Following them, and at the end of the day, they were totally, I mean, deceived. And the angels that were deceived from heaven has now become demons. Who are going to be condemned to hell. So when, when you allow yourself to be deceived. By an Absalom. You become demonized. Demonized means you become. You become influenced by 
and a negative spirit that makes you operate contrary to the word of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Okay. So, check. He troubled himself by being bitter. He was alienated from his own family eventually because he killed his brother. His four brothers, the other brothers had to run away from him. They all ran away. Next time you think when he throws a party or they're going to go, no, 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 no. They won't attend that party again. No. And then he chased his father out. Do you think he's going to have that special affection? No. And even the nation. And then at the end of the day, as in the quest of dethroning his father, he, uh, that whatever was made him beautiful, handsome, lovely, that is what the enemy used to kill him. He got hanged up. So that's your strength, that's your grace, that's your ability. If you don't check it well, if you use it in a negative way, it's going to destroy you. So he was hung by that. Yeah. He got hung up. And he died prematurely. And he didn't have a child. So in Egypt, uh, sorry, in, in Israel now, when you go to the place, there's a, the Absalom's pillar. He's there. Died prematurely. What was it? When he became bitter, the bitterness, the next stage is what he tried to retaliate. Yeah? That's why he killed. He killed his brother. Is that right? And then retaliate against his father for not doing the right thing. And then later he tried to. The last stage is betrayal. Amen? Okay. So, I want to teach on how you should not stay hurt. Because after the hurt, Somebody's going to do something that will conflict with your comfort zone. You're always offended because somebody has done something that you do not understand or you do not appreciate. Are you getting me? Yeah. And it all depends also on our, um, what we say, our sensitivity levels. It's like everybody and the ability to handle pain. Eh? Yeah, the ability to... There's somebody that you step on the toe. You can even stand. And they will not have a problem. Yeah, it's, like, it's not painful to them. But other people, just a little touch. They'll say, Aji, boy, me wo. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a level of this. So there are people who are very sensitive. Are you getting me? There are people who come from some cultures. And if you give them something to the left hand, it's not a problem. But with our culture, if somebody is very ingrained, ingrained with our culture and you use your left hand, that is an offense. Amen? Yeah. When some of our guys went to school in Nigeria, Nigerians, when they are greeting, they would bend their body. And Ghanaians would just stand there. Yes, sir. And they felt that they were, not, they were being disrespectful. You see? Uh -huh. So that was an offense. So that would say that the offense is due to sensitivity levels and culture base and all those kinds of things. Okay, so when you come to church, whether you like it or not, you will be hurt. People are going to hurt you. Right, driving in, people may do something that you don't like. The traffic director will say, park here, do this. Don't park your car there. Reverse a little, move to the left, move to the... Oh, there's some church when you go. They will tell, come on. yes, please, come. No, no, no. If you are not careful and you are not, you get angry. Ah, I saw a crowd, maybe I saw, and then forward back. Ah, you're about driving test, Anna. You're driving school now, left to right, all those kind of things. Yes. 
but that is testing your, your spirituality as well. Are you getting me? And whether pride is also in your heart and go that do you know me? Why? You know, that, that's where the thing comes up. So when you come to church and you and in Luke 17:1, Jesus said, It is impossible that offenses will not come. Luke 17, verse number one. Someone say it's impossible that offenses will not come. Please, whoever is doing the projection, if you can do a little fast for me. Luke 17, verse number 1. It is impossible, but that offenses will what? Come. It is impossible. Offenses will come. Some offenses will come. Now, when the offenses come, or you're ahead, in the choir, you'll be, you, people will hurt you. <laughs> Amen? The choir director say, Can't two people raise your voice? So why are you trying to tell We just came for choir practice. You are shouting on me. He said, when you come, he said, go and pray. He said, why? Is it prayer meeting? We came to sing. We came to learn how to say, we should go, I should go and pray for 30 minutes. I should, you know, yeah, you'll be hurt. How do you not stay hurt? What, how do you avoid being staying hurt? Number one, avoid having unreasonable expectations. So we say unreasonable expectations. Mm -hmm. I've taught on that already, so I'll just, we'll just skip through that quickly. So the first, avoid developing unreasonable expectations. Psalm 62, verse number five. Unreasonable expectations. Your expectations should be unreasonable. It says, let's read together, my soul... Wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is, my expectation is, so, your expectation is from who? From God. Amen. So, if you shift your expectation from God to man, that is when you become disappointed. Amen. Yeah. Proverbs thirteen twelve says, the hope defers makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it's what? A tree of life. So when expectations are not met, it leads to disappointments. And disappointment is defined as a failure to attain an, one's expectation. So when your expectation is not met, it brings about disappointments. Amen? So when you are in church, don't expect things from the church or from the minister that they cannot deliver. Amen? Yeah, don't expect things. I'm expecting this to be done. In my, maybe my shoes are not good. I expect that the church will buy me shoes. After all, it's a family. I expect the pastor to be able to be every function of mine. The pastor can't be at every function. When is he going to have time to, to pray and to study the word of God? He, so he attended this function, but he didn't attend my own. So he's being discriminatory. When we lay hands, he laid. I saw the way he. After me, he just gave me a tap. But that, the other brother, he, he he laid his hands more. You see. The, the, yeah. Then that's why these unreasonable expectations. Yeah. And many expectations have to do with preconceived traditions, which you have come to associate with the church. I told you last week that there was somebody that the mother made the person to leave our church. Because when she gave birth, 
the mother was expecting that our our church women's ministry will carry loads of things to her during the uh, outdooring because her church she the mother's church that's what they do but your mother's church that's different from here the contributions and code they make towards that we don't make that here we don't put those kinds of burdens on people here are you getting me there are churches that when they are the ladies are having weddings or whatever they will carry um, um, um you don't carry drums they carry uh, fufu pounding st stuff they carry mortar they carry all kinds of things yeah procession yeah that's it yeah but the, the interesting thing too is that there are people too that those things if you give it to them they don't like it because these days when people are even married they say that don't bring anything all you want is money because people know what they want. Yeah. Eh? Can you imagine doing our wedding? When we had our wedding, look, we, we had countless number of clocks, wall clocks. It's as if they are trying to tell us that whether we I mean, wall clocks, we could hang wall clocks on almost every wall in our house. Yes, wall clocks. It, on, the, on each row, we can have. I don't know whether they went to, for a conference and they said, let's buy uh, wall clocks. Wall clocks all over. I'm telling you. Wall, clo wall clocks and glasses. Yes, wall clocks and glasses. And maybe if you had had the money, I'm not saying it's bad that they bought it, but I'm trying to say that, you know, people and their preferences. Yeah. You know, wall clock, how many, how many clocks do you want us to? <laughs> Yeah. In the toilets, in the bathroom, the kitchen, the bedroom, the we put some of you on the gate, in front of the gate, behind the gate, every, there are clocks all over the place. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You see? So people can easily be offended. Is that right? That, uh, and even that thing. Sometimes they say this own this person's own. They dwell, they took a big abewudro, and my own was small. So that's why I'm saying that in the church there can be many reasons why people are going to be offended. I hope you are getting me. Yeah. So we are teaching on how not to stay offended, not not, not how not to get offended, how not to stay because offended there you will be. <laughs> Yeah, you don't think. Because Jesus said, I'm not Jesus. He has said, Luke 17, 1, it's impossible that offenses will, that offenses will not come. Yeah, it's, it, it means that our offenses, it will come. Amen. And there are times that you're expecting something from the church. Even sometimes from the pastor. But the pastor is not for the Christmas. To be able to do everything. Amen. Yeah, sometimes you believe. Even children, sometimes they believe that Children believe that their, father, their fathers can buy everything for them. I have a friend in England, you know, and every time he wants his father, every time, daddy talk, daddy talk. Daddy, that, anything they see, the moment they get to town, daddy talk, hey, mommy, daddy talk. So we call, we call her daddy talk. Daddy talk, daddy talk, daddy talk. And she believes that the father, meanwhile, the man was just at that time struggling, trying to make her happy. But daddy talk. And when daddy doesn't talk, then she gets angry. That the toy. Now that she's grown, she has known that it's not the toy is not easy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. 
So, we, we, we must know the role of the pastor, that his role is that what? He said, I'll give you pastors after my heart. We shall feed you with knowledge and understanding and not to be Father Christmas. So, do not expect that well. The pastor will cook food and bring to you. Father, pastor will be sharing clothings and whatever. You know, some people follow some pastors, like in the church, for instance. You know, maybe you have a senior pastor, an associate pastor. The associate pastor is, you know, dishing out things and giving this. And people go and follow the associate pastor because of food and because of clothings. It is wrong. Amen. Yeah. And they say, because you don't do this for us, you don't do that. But the role of the pastor is that God said, I will, I will give you pastors after my who shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And that's what I'm doing. And when you get the knowledge and understanding, you yourself now, it will make you become a better person. So the pastor teaches you how to fish for your fish and not to give you fish. If you are there and your mother is always giving you food and not teaching you how to get food, she's not being a good mother. And that's why parents take their children to school and they go through all kinds of training. Don't do things for your children forever. Don't iron for them forever. Don't cook for them forever. Don't do something. You, you teach them to do it and say, do it. Yes. Yeah, you do it. That's why some of the pastors said, go and do it. And sometimes I call them, just like me too, I can be called upon to preach at a late this, and I say, I've called you, you to come and preach. Yes, it's all part of the training. So when we say, come and do it, say, you didn't give me time. What do you mean, I didn't give me time? When Bible says that, be ready to give an account of your faith all the time. You are not applying the Bible. Then number two, don't place an absolute trust in people. Don't place absolute trust in people. Jeremiah 17, 5. That's said the Lord. Cursed is the man. Let's read together. That saith Jonathan Ekuban. That saith who? The Lord, Jehovah. Cursed be the man. Let's read together. One, two. Cursed be the man that trusts in man. And make a flesh his arm, whose heart departs from the Lord. So anybody who puts his trust in man and make a flesh his arm, the Bible says that he's cursed, whose heart departs from the Lord. You see, there are people, their confidence has departed from the Lord, and their confidence is rather in man. Yes. Yes. What a man will say. And man is man. A human being is a human being. Your father is around today, tomorrow is not around. Yes. When they had traveled to America, I chatted with my father before. By the time I came, when I came, he said my father was gone. Yes. I was surprised. It just happened. I just traveled, I came back, I was going to call. This, this, I, I didn't even bought things for him. He was gone. Yes. I went to England too. Once I was in England, just there. Then I got a message. Your mom is gone. Yes. So, leaning on man, man's backbone is too weak for you to lean on man. <laughs> Try to lean on God. Amen. And so, you can trust a man, but do not put absolute trust. Absolute trust. Because man has frailties. My pastor's father and mother-in-law will say, So, you nipper. 
Nipa to me yam from so. So ye nipa. Amen. Yeah, so ye nipa. You see, Jacob overly trusted his wives and his family. When Laban came and said, Look, somebody has stolen my idols. Yes. Some of us, we, we overtrust our children and overtrust our friends who tell us wrong things. Some people look, I've come to realize that somebody can look into your eyes and be lying. Straight. Say, share my name. Say, say, okay, no crazy. Oh, so for me, say, no crazy. me catch you. He will look into your eyes and tell you total lies. Yes. Totally. <laughs> Amen. He'll be. So if you don't take the issue into the presence of God, in the presence of God, truth is revealed. Every if you want to know the truth, take the presence of God. That's why you have to be spiritual. Meet sometimes the woman, somebody last week I sent. I asked somebody, why didn't you come to church? He said, I said, you are not in church. He said, yes, please. I said, why are you not in church? Why? You are not in church. You should have told me why you are not in church. He said, yes, please. He said, that's not an intelligent answer. He said, why were you not in church? He said, I, have, I, had, I had something, something. And I knew the person was lying. I didn't want to embarrass the person. I was going to say to the person, that, why do you lie? You are, you are lying. The person didn't want to come. She was lying. Yes. If you're a spiritual person, when people are speaking, you can just pick it up. Just like that. So this Jacob issue, when Laban complained that somebody has taken my idol, then he got up, opened his big mouth, and said, the one who took it, may he not leave. May the person not leave. Meanwhile, he had not done a thorough investigation. Of his own household. That's how people kill their children. That's how people kill their family members. Because he was a patriarch. He was a, he was the, he was a, a, a spiritual person. He was a, a, an authority figure. And God confirms, according to Isaiah 44, 26, God confirms the words of his servants and he performs the counsel of his messenger. Be careful, those of you who overly defend your friends and your family members and your children, and they say this and, 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 and then you are getting up. And you are going to say things that you don't know. And most people even don't know, don't, don't know their children very well. Oh, yes. Most people do not know their children. Yeah. Their duality in most people, you have no idea. Hello. Hello. Nyaminadum. What's your name? Nyaminadum. Yes. I was right in the church here. I was talking to someone. Hello, daddy. When I tell my father. Not outside. Not outside. The church that God has used me to build right in this church room. The person. I was feeding the person, putting food in the person's mouth. Helping the person, proving the person, preaching the person. He, when he came to the church, he didn't even know how to open the Bible. He didn't know how to pray. He said there. Yes. But something came upon him right here. Right here at the front here. Right in front here. In the church room. Hello, daddy. Hello, daddy. And I turn, something said, turn your face. Then he did like this. Yes. He didn't know. <laughs> yes. 
And shortly after, before I realized, he had left the church. If you have done this, what else have you not done in your heart? Yes. So Jacob, when he spoke that thing, he had released a curse of death. When the wife, Rachel, was going to give birth, in the process of giving birth to Benjamin, she died. Who killed her? His words. The one who took this, should I? Rachel took the idol and sat on it. And when the father was investigating, he said, oh, I'm in, I'm in, my, in my period, my menses. And when a woman is in her menses, she cannot get up from the whatever. Meanwhile, she was sitting on the idol. And the husband also proclaimed a case. And she didn't tell the husband that Charlie had enemy to so. At least if you had said it, the man would have found a way or whatever. It's something against the word of God. You tell And the moment you speak lies, listen to me, those of you who have been lying, the moment you speak lies, demons are introduced into your life. It's better to speak the truth. And whatever will be done to you should be done to you than to lie. The moment you lie, no, you have opened yourself to demons. Are you getting me? So from today, men drink coffee too much. If you, you have not investigated the thing and known and known and known and known and known. Because most people want to save their skin. So they will tell you the wrong thing. And then you go and fight unnecessary fights. <laughs> Hello? I, I will learn something here. Okay. So the second thing is what? Don't place what? Absolute trust in people. Hallelujah. Okay. Then we move on to the next one. We said don't expect any church to be what? Perfect. Right? Romans 7, 18 to 19. He said, I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but to how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I would do, I do not do. But the evil that I will not do, that I practice. So you find out that churches are made of imperfect people. Is that right? We ourselves, you know that you are, we are not perfect. You are not perfect. So the moment you even join the perfect church, you have made it imperfect. So when we are in a church, we should not expect perfection. Hallelujah. Yeah. In resenting people and you know, we just have to be cool and see the best in the place. Eh? Philippians 4, 8. All things that are true, all things of good report, all things that are just, all things that are honest, all things that are pure, lovely. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these. So when you get into a place, look at the good in the place. And get you see, whatever you look at, eh, what you look at and you see is what you become. <laughs> yes. So see the good in the place. Behold the good in the place. When you see a man of God, for instance, listen, he's a man of God. Don't look at the negativity. See the good in the person, the glory of God upon the person and attract it. <laughs> Amen. 
Am I helping somebody here? Yes. Yes. The next one, number four. Have a teachable and a cooperative attitude. Hebrews 17, 17. Hebrews 13, 17. Hebrews 13, 17. Have a teachable and a cooperative attitude in order not to stay hurt. Let's carry it together. Obey them that have the rule over you. And, oh, I can't hear all of us. One, two. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you. Amen. Yes. Listen. It's better not to be in a church. You see, you see, anytime you are going to relate with somebody and the person is going to be your head, make sure that, look, this person, I think, has the qualities or whatever. I want him to be my head. If you are going to fight him, go and fight him. It will not be a blessing to you. Amen. So the Bible says that obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourself. Why? Why? When you are in the church, why? Because they watch for your souls. So the pastor is not just a distributor of rice and chicken. He's watching for your soul. Amen. He's praying for you. Look, there was one of our, our members and the person straight off and all those things. And on countless occasions, the Lord just had to show me in dreams what is going on in the person's life. I will send a message. I'll call the person. There will not be any response. I send this, whatever, you know, go to the house, go and do this. and the, the, All kinds of funny responses. And I just said, then later on through some other source, I got to that there's trouble, there's this problem, there's that problem, there's whatever. When somebody says shepherd, God will just give you a cue that this thing is happening. And so he said that obey them that have the rule over you and submit because they watch for your souls. As they that must give an account. So when, when they are to give an account, that they will do it with joy. Amen. And not with grief. So when you don't come, you see, when you work at a place and you don't go, or you are not going to go, first you have to ask for permission. That's a proper ethical way of relating. Ethics. Someone say ethics. Work ethics. Work ethics. There's something called work ethics. When you work in a place, your expectation. Some of you, you, you operate ethically well at your workplaces, but when you come to church, you don't do it. Because you think that the church, the pastor doesn't put money in your hands. Or in your pockets. Your bank account. But what the pastor does probably may be more than what that your manager is doing for you. Yes. Because if, if eh, except the Lord build a house, the labor in vain, that build it. And if God's protection does not come on you, even that job, you lose it. One day when something comes in the head of the boss and says, I'm restructuring things, I don't need your department, I don't need what that. There are people with big positions, the next moment they have lost their jobs. So your ability to keep what you have, to keep your customers, to keep your position, and all those things, it's not because of your versatility. It's not because of your knowledge. It's because there's a divine hand, a master puppeteer, who is controlling the affairs of life. God rules in the affairs of life. Amen. Yes, you must have that understanding. 
God rules in affairs of life. As you are going, if it's not the hand of God, some turtle will just say, come and bash you. And you are finished, you are gone. Like a fly that was hit by something. Yes. There's a spiritual component to life. Spiritual, serious spiritual component. And that's why God knowing that, and God knowing that you are like a flea. You are crashed and you are gone. He ensures that supernatural and divine protection becomes your portion through his instrumentation. The church and the pastor that he puts there. Somebody over your life. And Bible says they shall give an account of your soul. So when you are not going to be in a meeting that you expected to be, the onus lies on you. Send the message. Call the person. You expect me in a meeting, but A, B, C, D, so I cannot be there. You have shown respect. You have shown honor. You have shown regard, not just to the person, but to the God who is in the place. The God, the covenant. If you could even do it, you still owe them an explanation. I couldn't make it. Maybe it's an imprint something. I couldn't come. Right after whatever, you send a message. I couldn't come because of A, B, C, D. That's good relationship. But you don't get your business as usual, just walking, you don't say anything. We're expecting you, but you don't say anything. It's also a sign of disloyalty. You don't say anything. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not right. And Bible says that they shall give an account of your soul. It means that the pastor must know where you are. Someone says, me, me call baby. What do you mind me call baby? What is the BB? What is it that is so secretive that your pastor should not know? Some of you, if your pastor doesn't know your house, it's a serious thing. Some of you are some standing. I don't know how you have been in the church for a long time. I don't know your house. You have never even said, Oh, daddy, can I? I live here. I have moved from here. My house, I have moved. The pastor used to know where you are living, but you have moved. But you have never taken him there. So he said, I have now moved. I'm here or here. So that if there is something, he can even come there. And he can throw a certain kind of prayer in that direction. <laughs> yes. You don't know. And you don't know that as your man of God comes to walk your, your territory, there's a blessing that comes there. One day, Am Roberts went to the house of a neighbor of a, one of our church members. Our church member had cars in the house. The neighbor, and his house was Porsche. But the armed robbers went to the other house. That evening, I had gone there <laughs> to the house. Spoke blessing, prayed, whatever. And I left. You know, after I left, that's when the, the armed robbers went there. Then the person said, we know that it is because as you came here, a certain blessing and grace came here that the armed robbers didn't locate our house, but rather the house with less endowed things. Don't joke around. Don't think. I, uh, <laughs> yes. Me, I, re, I respect. I appreciate the man of God. I was telling somebody, I said, I, I, when I see a man of God, I am blessed because it's God's God's representative. He's special. Very special. When, if we to, uh, to bring a minister of state here or whatever, eh, even assembly member, if it's an assemblyman, I'm not looking down on whatever, but I mean, when it comes to political ranking, it's, it's, it's down there. It's a, it's, a, it's a starting point. From there that they become MPs. 
But if you want to be a kind of assembly member, you become and you rise up. Amen. Amen. Yes. And MPs and will. The MP you have. Wait, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you see a man of God, a woman of God, uh, yeah. God says, they shall give an account of your soul. And let them do it with joy and not with grief. So when they mention, Ajwata, so, oh. No, 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 Anytime that they mention your name and your, your pastor say, hey, this person, the way, this person said, too much of a troublesome person. Bishop Saki told us a story of how a lady was in the church. She gave me so much trouble. When she got, she said she was married, I said, oh, the people, the pastor said, Lord, oh, thank you. That's gone. Hallelujah. I'm free. We are free from this. So they married her away. I said, today, Today be today, God, you have delivered us. This is a good radiance. After some months, about five, six months, the lady came back. He said, What do you want? He said, I have come back. <laughs> he said, No, 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 no. Go back to your husband. Go back. We don't want you here. Yeah? No, no. You must live your life in such a way that when you are going, the pastor should be crying. Oh, this is my son. This is my daughter. This is my whatever. I get to me. And when they talk about when they mention you, you see that the moment they say this person, the pastor is ready to give wonderful testimonies. Says one of my major helpers. When Obuami, I remember I was talking to uh, 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 this great bishop. And we were talking, they said, I said, when my mommy be tafri. Oh, when the mommy be tafri. Your boy dear, I was said. Papa no to me kase, where no mammy be a tafre, where mun is so min samu, where mun empire or mobile empire a mammy, where mun encouraging me. Yes, and more encouraging me. These ones encourage me. These ones are there. Yes. Whether I am not, if you're clapping, clap, do it well. Yes. Yes. These ones are the encouragers. Your pastor must see you as an encourager. Your pastor must see you as somebody who is a strong supporter of his ministry. Not more throne, more joy. I'm there, I'm, I'm there. No. Some of you, after service, not throne, you are gone. I know people in the church here, the whole year, they have never come to say hello. Yes. After church, they're in the church. They'll do everything after service, now they are gone. Oh, how long does it take to say hello to your pastor? I mean, see, that when we talk about church, you know, your pastor is your father, oh. Maybe you don't understand it. It's your father. Amen. And not that you came to the church yesterday. You've been around. And even if he's busy, how long? How long uh, that you cannot stay and hang on? Yesterday, when we said we have it, people are sitting here. They sat there, sat there, sat there to go and meet the man of God that they don't know. They don't know. They don't know the man of God. I brought the man of God. They don't know. 
to go and see. And they're so happy. They <laughs> shake it up. It's so, it's so, it's so, it's so. What do you want to hear? Sure. Sure. Yesterday, we said, we said, we are sending a service at five. By four, some, some people were here. Yes. You are sitting here, Lord. You are sitting here. People are sitting here. Four. By five, five thirty. Hey! Hustle time. Meanwhile, your pastors be preaching, teaching, prophesy. I'm not saying it's good, it's good. I'm glad. If you invite somebody and you come, because if you don't come, it's a bad thing. But you must attend your father's own meetings very seriously. Yeah. It's like you see your uncle and you are happier than seeing your own father. Oh, no, 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 no. It's an evil under the sun. Maybe you have never been a father before. If you have been a father before, or a mother, that you, who are watching one, and they see you, and it's like you are scam. Well, not important. Yes. And then, auntie. Hello, auntie. No, it's not good. They must give an account of your soul. Am I teaching something here? Yes. Amen. So have a teachable spirit. Amen. So the Bible is telling us to be cooperative and submissive to our spiritual leaders. Now something that is not possible unless a believer is committed to a church and accountable to a local pastor. Accountability to a godly shepherd is part of God's order for the spiritual growth of every Christian. Accountability. Amen. Yeah. Yesterday I was telling somebody that when we go anywhere, I was telling my siblings, oh, we are here. I've gone here. I've gone here. Accountability. Accountability. Yes. To me, get up. And, when you join the police force, eh? when you join the police force, everywhere you are going to, you have to let your people know, I've gone here. I'm going to Kumasi. I'm going to Sawam. Once you are leaving your township, they must know. Because you belong for the, to the government. We are buying. In the church, we are in your media. And we must know it. <laughs> so God's word gives the pastor the authority to organize and maintain the order of the church and to teach God's truth, to correct and to discipline when necessary to hold his flock accountable to his principles. Amen? Yeah. So if you don't come to church and we ask you, where, where are you? Don't be angry. You say, why, why are you asking me where am I? Why? Do I owe you? Yes, you owe yeah, you ask accountability. What do you mean by you do, do owe you? When, when you have a problem, you say it's our problem. When it's your life, you say this, this is my life. And when it's, you have a problem, you say, I have come, my, my, our problem. Our problem. You don't, you don't do that. Amen. And God is going to teach you. He teaches you through his servant. He say, I'll, I'll give you pastors after my heart. Who shall what? Feed you with what? Knowledge and understanding. Now look at this scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 2. How God teaches us. Preach the word. So he said, preach the word. Be instant in season. Have you seen it? That's why you have to know the word of God. Everybody in this church, you must have the word of God. You must have at least three preachings. 
One in front of your Bible, one at the end, and one in the middle. Yeah, three messages. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Bring it down into modern language, NIV or NLT. Mm. Be prepared in season, out of season. Rebuke and encourage. Amen? So you see the word of God, there are times that you have to rebuke people in order to teach them something. Sometimes you teach them by instructing them. Sometimes you, you teach them by rebuking them. By confronting them. Sometimes by even shouting. Yes, so there are times that you're, you're teaching something, you are not getting your behavior. Is a, I see a yes, it's part of it. Yeah, it's part of it. Encouragement, also encourage. Amen. Encouragement is also part of it. So, look at 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is profitable. For, is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine. Is that right? Teaching. For reproof. Is that right? Reproof. And for correction. And for instruction in righteousness. So that the man of God may be perfect. Hmm? Okay. Titus 2.15. These things speak. Exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise you. We were telling Titus. Titus and Timothy they were young pastors. But Paul was telling them they should do these things. Hallelujah. Yeah. First Timothy 5.20. Them that sin, rebuke before all. Confront. So don't say you, you have been embarrassed. You have not been embarrassed. It's to help you. Amen. So a proper... A lack of proper respect toward authority is a common problem today. People don't want to be told what to do or to be corrected if they are wrong. And it's one reason why the modern church is churning out so many immature believers. When some people hear something that they don't like or they are corrected in some way, they simply pack up and go to another church down the streets. Yeah, I remember Archbishop saying, say, this day you can't correct people. When you correct them, they're angry. And they are going to another place. Who are you to correct me? But when he was blessing you, that one you are receiving it. Pastor said, I bless you, receive it. Say, I take it. Take it one. Take it two. Take it three. That one you take it. But when they say, take all. Say, I swallow. Now when they say, sit down. When they say, why did you do this? They say, hey. Hey. Go and ask the coaches. Eh? How many of us like to see Ronaldo? Eh? Is that guy? Eh? And then um, Messi, Ronaldinho, uh, Aguero, eh? all those guys playing. You will see eh? behind their playing is a coach who screams at them. Come on, keep going. Come on, right. Come on. And you see the coach and he's throwing his hands over there. Does the player say that because you threw your hand, I won't, I won't play? No. Every player is doing everything for the coach to select him. In fact, your life actually is in the hands of the coach. No matter how well you know how to play, if the coach says sit down, you are sitting down. And you are getting nowhere. And God will give you a coach who will tell you do this, do that, do that, do that. And that is what makes you a better person. Yes. I have noticed something. 
those who don't you see the absence of men in the home eh, they spoil the children yes, I've noticed it the absence of men and the voice of a man to correct and to direct the children spoils the future of the children especially boys yes when you have a voice let the have children let the voice of their father resound yes most mother, oh Jano, oh Jano, oh leave him, oh yeah, hey, yeah, hey, yeah. Me don't say, me a brochureba, my brochureba. Oh, send my brochureba. And you join in a brochureba. You say, hey, say, hey, when I may be my bro new, when I be crying, can a brofo account? I don't brofo. What is brofo? What is brofo? You need a strong, the voice of a man say, you are being stupid. Get out, sit down. Don't be silly, eh? But you see, most of you, no, you have not had a voice like that. So when you come, you are correct as one. What's so I won't come to the church again. I won't whatever. Yeah, I won't whatever. Because you have not had a man to speak into your life and to correct you. And to whip the nonsense out of your buttocks. I believe in discipline. My father... He won't struggle with you. He said, touch your toes. Daddy, it's so simple. Touch your toes. Shoop. 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 Six lashes. Stretch. That's on the cool. That teach you. Next time you they increase it to 12. Yes. And my father was such a gentleman. Yeah, yeah, he's sweeping you, he's sweeping you. <laughs> They will whip you. They will whip you. The voice of a man. You know why I'm speaking like that? Over the years, after I've been a pastor, I've seen that most of the people, especially the guy who misbehave, and I check their homes, either their father is not there, or the man has been emasculated by the mother or the person who lives with. They don't allow the voice of the man, the man to speak out. They pamper the children. That one, I can write a thesis on that. So if you like, you spoil your children. You leave them. I tell them. Bible said the rod of correction. That rod is talking about authority. The expression of authority will direct their lives. Even when you look at churches, you see that churches where there's order, you see that there's a strong voice. Sit down. You can't get up. I know somebody who went to Chris Oyakilome's church. He, that church, you don't get up. One, two, pastor is preaching, you are getting up. Are you mad? God is speaking and he said, I feel like going to take telephone call. Oh, I feel like I'm going to wee wee. You have lack of discipline. Except there's an emergency. And he told the person, and the person was even a pastor. He said, you leave the person, you are not coming back. Oh yeah. He said, they told me themselves. He said, you leave the chair, you are not coming back. And once you sit there, you, you get up. Once the preacher comes to stand there, no distraction. When the president is talking, nobody gets up now. The preacher and the president, the president is going after four years. The preacher has been anointed by God to speak the voice of God. He's the voice of God. He's the voice of God. 
You see, most people, you don't get what you have to get because you belittle the giftings of God and the orderliness. You see, as you have come away, if there was no discipline, our chairs would not be like this. I am personally involved in arranging the chairs. Sometimes I get a rope. I said, let's put the rope there. That's why you see head, 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 order. Fight to make sure there's orderliness. Yes. Fair. Everything. You see this nice thing and go, mommy and his uh, team standing there, girl. So we have to do something to work. It, it takes a lot. You can't run around. You can't do this. You can't do it. So when you see churches that seem to be doing well and all those things, you can see that there's a system in place. There's a, a certain orderliness. There's a certain voice that you cannot go against. Yes. You can't, you can't go again. And when people do that, you call them, hey, 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 those of you who work in financial institutions, you go, sometimes custom be there, and the boys will call you. So why did you do that? Why do that? And you salute on top of it. You think we don't know? Yeah, we know it. And because of the your money that you are going to get, that way, you don't disrespect them. By the church, you are angry. Am I teaching something here? Yeah. So, have a teachable and a cooperative spirit. Amen? Teachable and what? Cooperative spirits. Hallelujah. So, as long as you are part of any church, you must come to accept that the pastor and the leaders are in charge. Did you get that? Yeah. If you don't want to submit to them, then go to another place. Yeah. Where you feel comfortable that this man, I want to submit to this guy, this one, I don't want to. That's why when you also marry, if you know you can't submit to the man, don't marry the man. Yeah. If you think that the man is foolish, don't. But once you marry him, you must learn to be submissive to him. Amen. Hmm. Always be cooperative, willing to be humble yourself. If you have a rigid, inflexible attitude in the church, you probably get hurt. Is that right? Yeah. When nobody smiling, smile. Nobody shouting, shout. Be relaxed. Some of you are too rigid. You can't. You don't flow. When I look at you, you don't flow. It's true. You don't flow. You must flow. Number. <coughs> number what? Five, don't oppose or hinder the church. Proverbs 6, 16 to 19. Proverbs 6, 16 to 19. These six things doth the Lord hate. So the Lord hates some things. Yes, seven are an abomination unto him. Hey, what are they? Number one, a proud look. This one is a, it's a, it's a whole series, if I am to preach on that. Number two, so be careful. You see, the Lord hates what? It's an abomination. It's a, he, does, he doesn't like a proud look. Because pride goes before a fall. And pride is when you have an over-expectation of who you are. Who you think you are. Number two, a lying tongue. That's why I told you that when you lie, what will happen? Demons are visiting you. Number three, hands that shed innocent blood. Is that right? Yeah, and sometimes you shed innocent blood by the evil things you even say. You can kill people. Number 
Four, a heart that devises wicked imaginations. Five, feet that be swift in running to mischief. Number 19. Verse 19, number 6. A false witness that speaks lies. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And number 7. He that sows discord among brethren. So, somebody who says things to divide the rank and file of the people. Watch such a person. The Bible says that God says... Such a person is dangerous. Hmm? So one of the things that God is like most, those who sow discord, who create division and strife. Eh? Yeah. Don't be a complainer. Don't be a gossiper. In fact, learn to be thankful to God. Eh? The word thanks comes from the word, you know, out of that word we have grace. Eh? Gracias. Yeah. And when you are you thank, grace will come to you. When you are a thanking person, just thank God for what you have. Thank God for your family. Thank God for your children. Thank God. Thank God for your church. Amen. Yeah, thank God. If you are displeased, listen. If you are displeased with the church in some way, offer your help to make the improvements. At the last resort, if you think you don't like it, find another church that you are happier with. But don't do anything to sow discord and to destroy the place. Amen. Never become a source of agitation or hindrance. Yeah. It's okay if you if you think I don't like this one. If you go, you see, when you go to a restaurant and there's uh, serving rice, they are serving. Banku, they are selling this and that. You what you like, go and eat it. Don't go and talk about this, this rice is like this and complain about the rice. Just take what you like. So if you don't like what is here, just say, I think I want to go quietly. <laughs> and go to the place where you go nicely, quietly. Don't poo-poo and wee-wee into the water that you have drunk from you are going to attract a certain problem for yourself. Are you getting me? Yes, don't. And nobody is holding your hands and saying, whatever. If you think that you want to go, go. That's why in a church, you know, you, you, don't, you, you don't have to do some things. If you also believe that you have a genuine problem, see whoever you need to see and speak in a civil, civilized way to resolve whatever the issue is. Are you getting me? But don't go to other people. Have you seen this? Have you seen that? Oh, you see the church cry. There's not this. There's not that. That is why you've seen it. Help to solve it. Amen. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. We'll just finish this point and we are done for the day. Next time we'll continue. Philippians chapter 2. Do all things without what? Memories and disputing. Do all the, without memory. See, when the people of Israel murmured, what happened to them? Snakes beat them up in the wilderness and they died. Memory always draws evil spirits. Thanksgiving draws the presence of God. 
Thanking draws a prayer. That's why you have to learn to be a thanking person. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Amen. Another version. NIV or NLT. Do all things without. Do everything without what? Complaining or arguing. Stop the complaining. 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 Amen. I knew one guy. He was even a non-believer. So how is it say we can't complain? Yes, it's true. We can't complain. We can't complain. You don't have to complain. <laughs> and still in the light of this, we are talking about don't oppose or hinder your church. Don't bath mouth God's representative. We don't speak against. That's what we don't speak against. It doesn't mean that you may not disagree. Are you getting me? We are human beings, after all. That's why we are all wearing different kinds of clothing. Yeah, that's why we are all wearing different kinds of clothing. So, you may disagree. Yeah. But don't oppose. Don't hinder. <laughs> In the house, sometimes we are there. And so somebody feels like eating yam. Another feels like eating whatever. Is that not it? Uh-huh. But don't oppose. We don't oppose spiritual leadership. Am I teaching you something here? So somebody said, once told me, oh, my workplace, I criticize my boss. I said, well, your pastor is not your boss. Your boss may not have been chosen by God, but God chose, chose your pastor. And God chose your father and your mother for you. Are you understanding me? And what God has chosen, you don't fight. It's God you are fighting. It's the same way too. When somebody has a, a representative, you go, go to, listen, don't go to people's offices and misbehave towards their subordinates and things. You go and you are talking how to the secretary, you are talking there. It more or less, it's like the person you are, you are dealing with. If you think that the secretary didn't behave well and go, just make a report up there. But don't go and talk anyhow and all those things. It's, a, it's not a good thing. You will be marked. There are some places when you do that, they will not help you. Because you don't know the value of the secretary to the person. He said, who are you? You are just a mere secretary. Who told you mere? Or a mere? Uh, somebody sends his representative to you. Go and do this and that. Then you, you, you are misbehaving towards the person. It's not a good thing. Are we learning something here? I'm teaching on how not to stay hurt. Because, you see, this is what stops our blessings. And when you are hurt... It is going to stop a lot of things. One time, look at Acts chapter 23, verse 5. Write these two scriptures. We are finishing on that. Acts 23, 5 and Psalm 105, verse 14 and 15. We are finishing on this. Don't bad mouth a man of God. If you do so, you are asking for problems. Paul was punished for preaching the gospel. And the high priest, Ananias, eh? Because of time, we, we can't. Ananias, when Paul was preaching, he asked somebody, he ordered somebody to slap, you know, Paul's mouth. So the person slapped Paul. Yeah. And Paul spoke something bad against the person. Yeah, against, uh, he said, You whitewashed tomb. Yes, he spoke against the high priest. And when 
They said, don't you know he's a high priest? Paul quickly apologized and said, I didn't know. And that is why he quoted this. Uh, it is written that I shall not speak evil of the ruler of your people. Am I teaching you something here? Listen to me. There are some things when you do, some things will fight you. Start from verse 3. Maybe it will give us a better explanation. Uh, okay, let's start. Let's start from verse 1. Let's start from Maybe you may not. Paul earnestly beholding the council said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. And the high priest Ananias commanded them that stood by him to smite him on the mouth. And then verse 3 says, Then Paul said unto him, God shall smite you, you whited war. For sitteth thou to judge me after the law. And commanders me to be smitten contrary to the law. You see the thing? And they that stood by said, Revilest thou God's high priest? That means that you speak against God's high priest. Then Paul said, I wish not that brethren, I wish not brethren, I didn't know that he was the high priest. For it is written, so he himself quoted, It is written, Thou shalt not speak evil of the ruler of thy people. If you never got anything, take this home. Maybe let's take it in a New Living Translation or NIV. Take it home. So those of you who sit in places that you are talking, after church, you are meeting at places. These are you don't meet in church, you meet outside. And they meet at corners and they go and say, let's meet here. Let's, uh, and you are describing evil and saying, but be careful. Are, are you getting me? Be careful. Don't hinder the church. Don't speak bad things against, don't you know, don't speak bad things against the church. Don't oppose. Remember that Jesus told Saul, you can't kick against a prick. Yes, there are things you don't have to do. Even if the leadership makes a mistake, lead them to God. God will know how to correct them. They are not under you, they are under God. And if you care for them, pray for them. And in a nice way, you can also help. Maybe you say, oh, can I lend a, 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 whatever? You can prompt them in a way. Are you getting me? You can prompt them in a way. I know a lot of some of you, some things are going on in your head. Let's read together. Paul looked straight at the Sahindria and said, My brothers, I fulfilled my duty to God in all good conscience to, to this day. At this, the high priest Ananias ordered those standing near Paul to strike him on the mouth. <laughs> then Paul said to him, God will strike you. You whitewash war. Hey! So for penny, the dinner term, whitewash war. You sit there to judge me according to the law, yet you yourself violate the law by commanding that I be struck. Then those who were standing near Paul said, You dare to insult God's high priest? Because the high priest is the chosen of the Lord. Are you getting me? Listen, you can, you, can, you can criticize and speak anything against C.K. Akono, the Black Stars coach. He was not chosen by God. He was chosen by GFA. Keto Kreku and his people. Are you getting me? Yes. But the man that God has chosen, don't fight. Don't fight the system. Pray for them. You must always also understand that even the devil is already fighting the church. So when you become a fighter of the church, it means that you and the devil you have become friends. You are joined forces with the devil. 
You are not called to fight the church. You are, for, you are, you are the church. Eh? There's a disease whereby the body fights itself. Eh? What's the name? What? Autoimmune system. Yes. Immune disease. Autoimmune disease. Autoimmune disease. So your body begins to fight itself to kill you. Don't be part of those people who, who are autoimmune. Self. Autoimmune self. Self. Amen. Do you dare to insult the high priest? Then Paul replied, Brothers, I did not realize that he was a high priest. Who? <laughs> For it is written, watch it, it is written. It is written, everybody read this part with me. It is written. Again. For the last time. So are you going to speak evil? No. The moment it is written. So when you speak evil about the ruler of your people, and these are spiritual rulers, eh, what have you done? You have violated the word of the Lord. And remember that Deuteronomy 28 is going to work. Verse 1, if you diligently hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God, then all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. Then verse 14 says that if you shall not diligently, if you shall not hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God, eh, if you go aside from any of the words which I commanded this day, to the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them, then what? It shall come to pass. Eh, you know, he said, all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. So obedience to the word of God brings about blessings and disobedience brings about curses. You open yourself up to some unnecessary attacks. I hope you are learning something. Amen. Am I helping you? Amen. Psalm 105, verse 14 and 15. This is the last point that we're talking about. He suffered no man to do them wrong. Yes, he reproved kings for their sakes. NLT or NIT. Saying, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Amen. So, he reproved kings. He stopped even people who wanted to destroy. Please, if a minister does something wrong in some way, he's done you wrong in some way. Don't incriminate yourself by responding in an unbiblical way. Is that right? Don't lash out against him. Don't go and run stories against him. What you should do if you feel something is being done, said, whatever, go to the person. As scripture has said in Matthew 18, is that right? 15 to 17. That's the solution. If thy brother offend thee or trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between him, between you and him, what? Hello, private. If he shall hear you, you have gained your brother. Are you getting me? Yeah, because for all you know, whether he, he didn't mean or whatever it is, or he has an explanation, not that he's whatever. So you don't go and say, this one, I'm going to spoil him. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do You don't do that. And if you are, listen, if you are hurt in any way from today, let me say, if you are hurt in any way, go to the person who you believe hurt you and tell the person that 
this thing that you needed. It made me feel this way. Yeah. And then you talk about it. I'm sorry. It resolves everything. Yeah. But if you keep it, it will be eating you up. When you keep it, what will happen to you? And then the next day, it will lead to a anger. When you come into church, you don't want to pass this way. So at least what? Withdrawal. Emotional, physical, withdrawal, and then withholding of blessing. Then you become bitter. And as you are becoming bitter, it will trouble you. And then defilement. Because of you, because of your bitterness, you are spoiling the church. You are, you are defiled. You are spoiling the group. You are spoiling the group. You are spoiling the work. You are spoiling the family. Because you are, you are bitter, you are spoiling the family. You are saying bad things. You are a very selfish person. Anybody who is a spoiler is a selfish person. And very wicked. Spoiler. A selfish person. When Paul was even beaten, when they slapped him, and they told him that he said, we don't say bad things. He himself quoted it. Yes, was wise. And when you are bitter, you now want to retaliate and betray. Amen. When you come to church, then you are, you are, bomb. You are like an Egyptian mummy. You don't respond. When everybody is clapping, you are, don't clap much. If you are clapping, cry, it's like diplomatic. Yes. Is that how to clap? I said, is this clapping? If you are clapping, clap. If you are laughing, laugh. Yes. Meanwhile, we know what excites you. We know that you laugh outside. We know you laugh. We watch you. We see you. <laughs> Amen. So, don't stay heads. You, something will happen. Number one, avoid unreasonable expectation. Number two, don't what? Absolute trust in people. Number three, no church is perfect. So, when you come here, this church is not perfect. Amen. If you want a perfect church, uh, I think there's one at the corner there. When you go to the front there, there's one this way. Then here, maybe maybe there's a perfect church here. There's one here. There's one here. There's one at the back here. There's uh, uh, at the top there. Adogon. Ulogomashi. Yeah, yeah, all over. Sakumono Junction. There's one here. Oh, you, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe you also want to start one. Yeah, start the perfect church. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, start the perfect church. The, the next one. So your pastor is not perfect. Amen. I don't claim that I'm a perfect. I always ask God for forgive me my sins. If that, I said anything, I did anything. Lord, be merciful. Choyara. Choyara. That means that I'm begging you. Yes, it's true. Choyara. Yes. Yeah. Teachable. See, when you have a teachable spirit, when they tell you, do this, do, you do it. Is that not it? And you don't get hurt. You have a teachable and a cooperative spirit. Cooperate, cooperate. 
So when we say we are meeting for this meeting, cooperate. And come at the time you have to come. And have a mean-sharing spirit. Let there be mean-share. Smile. Flow. Clap your hands. Jam. Scream. Be happy. Amen. Yes. Laugh. <laughs> if everybody is laughing, say, well, who are these? Are they concert party? We are not concert party. We are, we are happy in the church. Amen. Yeah. A lot of depression in the world. So we come to the church, we are laughing. Even if you are, you know, the, as you are laughing, let the laughing of somebody be contagious to you and try to laugh some. <laughs> yes. Sometimes even when nothing is happening, try to laugh. <laughs> Make yourself happy. Next one. Zibo, zibo. Yes. Don't oppose or hinder the church. You should not be known as an opposer of the church. A hinderer of the church. Yeah, you are hindering this group. You are hindering that group. Everything you are, let's do this. Me, I won't do it. Let's help this. I won't help. Let's do this. Oh, it's not a good spirit. Amen. So, we have learned how not to stay heads. There are a few more that we are going to learn. Amen. Is it helping you? <laughs> when you get my book, all of it is in my, this is my book, Escaping the Offense Trap. Yeah. And see, one chapter, and I just did just a few days ago. Yeah, I've done, how many points is that? Five. And these five points, I've done it in two services. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot. Most of you don't read the book. You, you, you have the, some of you don't have it, and those of you who have it who have not read it. Uh, I won't even embarrass anybody by asking whether you have read it or not. It's up to you. But I believe that it's a good book for you. If, if you're an employer, if, if, when you are getting into a relationship, you must read it. Every marriage couple must read it. And every person who wants to get into a relationship must read it. Amen. Yeah. Let's stand to our feet. We want to pray that Lord, as you have come into the month of June, I'm a human being. Your wife says it's impossible that men be not offended. Help me not to become offended and stay offended. Anybody or anything that would want to come my way to offend me, help me to escape it. And I pray your uncommon blessings over my life. Prophesy and speak the blessings of God over your life in the name of Jesus. Just right now. Thank you, Jesus. We'll give you praise. Libre Yes, we began a new month. We began a new month. We began a new month. Let us weave a glad summer. Praise the Lord for His for His mercy shall endure. Ever faithful. 
Father, with our hands lifted up, we declare your sovereignty over our lives in this month of June. We lift our hands unto you as men that may you pour out your spirit into us. Meet us at the point of our needs. And turn our story around. Whichever area of our life that needs your inbreathing, breathe. 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 Breathe into our homes. Breathe into our relationships. Breathe into our ministries. Breathe into the lives of our children. Breathe into our businesses. Breathe into our finances. Breathe. Whatever naturally we cannot do for ourselves. May your supernatural hand work for us. Heal the sick. Free the oppressed. Let salvation enter our lives. Let businesses be created. Those who have written applications, let them get jobs. Give your people with inventions. We pray the grace for multiple streams of income. And every good thing you have begun in our lives, may you perfect it. In the precious name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the living God. Everybody say a big amen.